We didn't really plan it out this way. It just sort of happened. It ended up being a rather sports-themed show today because we've got a huge bomber game tomorrow night. So Wade Miller joined us to tee up all the exciting things happening at IG Field as the BC Lions come to town. And then we talked to the Winnipeg Jets. They've got some exciting new ticketing options coming for next season. And while we were doing the show, we got some really exciting news from the Winnipeg Sea Bears concerning this Friday's playoff game. And inspired by Flair's new routes from Winnipeg, what's the most indirect route you've taken? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who's back next week. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. This is the Wednesday, August 2nd podcast for The Start. It is... Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off this week. And paging Skyler Peters. Paging Skyler Peters to join us. Oh, I think he just walked by. We got a topic here on fun in the sun. If that is on your agenda this winter, one of Canada's low-cost carriers has some more options for you. Yeah, Flair Airlines is adding new routes to its flights from Canadian cities. That includes Winnipeg. Global News anchor Lisa Dutton tells us more. Manitobans will be able to fly to even more destinations using Flair Airlines, as the company announced updated routes ahead of its winter schedule. In an announcement today, the airline listed 13 new routes, three of which will connect Winnipeg to Sun destinations, Cancun, Las Vegas and Orlando Sanford. Each of the flights are expected to depart twice a week from Richardson International Airport. Flights to Cancun will begin operating November 30th. CEO Stephen Jones says the airline is looking to connect Canadians to great destinations. Um, three destinations are really the focus of that. It's Cancun, it's Las Vegas, it's Orlando, Sanford. Um, great destinations that Canadians love to go to, and we're making more and more direct connections for Canadians to these uh, to these awesome winter cities. So our question this morning, direct slash nonstop flights, they're the best. They are the best. It's tough to go back. Once you get a direct flight to a destination, it's tough to go back. Like if you return to that destination later on in life and you got to connect. Ugh. What is the worst routing experience you've ever had? Most or indirect routes you've ever taken to get to your ultimate destination on purpose or by accident, whether it's by air or by ground. And it, if you don't have like a travel, but maybe it's just something right here in in Winnipeg or in Manitoba you're just trying to get from point A to point B or taking like taking the bus oh. <laughs> right you were you, you've told us the story about the, the the ridiculous route you had to take to university fr- from time to time from Transcona right how brutal the bus service was and and often connecting from one route to the other is just it's brutal you'd be sitting on the bus hey that's my transfer yeah yeah we've all been there <laughs> once upon a time the, the route by the way was the 47 transcona get off a Kildonan place and then i'd hop on the 75 and that would take me to the u of m now i have no idea what the route would be coming from transcona i think it actually goes all the way down Pemina now the 47 but i don't know it's been a while since i've taken that bus but 204 780 for a chance to win tickets for folklorama we want to make sure you do not have folklorama FOMO. We want to get you into your favorite pavilion. So let's go around the horn.
morning, or I believe I saw Skylar Peters saunter into the news booth. Good morning, Mr. Peters. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Sauntering was a generous term. It was like limping, maybe, or <laughs> I don't know. It's it's early. Lollygagging? Yes, there is a perfect word, lollygagging. Uh, I guess last summer in Toronto, I was lollygagging. Uh, my good friend from high school got married. He lives out there now. And um, my best friend was uh, his best man, so he was out. Um, it's a town called, oh, I can't think of the name of the town now, but it's about two hours outside of Toronto. Um, it's near Letterkenny, actually. I saw, I drove by Letterkenny on this adventure. Um, but I went to the Blue Jays game, uh, the two games the days before that, because uh, I had time to kill and he was doing these wedding duties. So stayed uh, with Merrick Takash, our former uh, colleague at uh, Global Winnipeg, and we watched a couple of ball games. And then the day of the wedding, I, uh, you know, got up about 7 a.m. and, you know, tried to make my way out there for this, like, 3 p.m. ceremony. It included uh, one of those rent-a-bikes, like the Toronto Transit bikes that you can rent, and uh, then a train, and then a bus. And uh, I was all supposed to get to uh, a mall in Mississauga, and uh, then one of his... Um, the groom's basketball teammates from college was going to pick me up. Got all of this. There was an Uber, there was a train, there was a bus, and there was the bike. So there's four <laughs> modes of transportation. <laughs> it took me like two and a half hours. I got there. I got there about an hour early. Uh, well, this guy was an hour late, and we missed the ceremony. <gasps> and I'll never forgive myself. Forgive yourself? You missed the ceremony? Yeah. Why would you oh. not forgive yourself? And, and we're like on the highway, and uh, they're like, oh, we got to stop and get some uh, some food and a card and a gift card to give to the bride and groom. I'm like, like I don't know these guys. I'm like, they gave me a ride, so I can't really get mad at them. But clearly, I should have just rented a car. This is all in an effort to save myself from renting a car. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Uh huh. Your yeah. Manitoba was showing. You're trying to, yeah. trying to save the dough, well, it's brother. It's expensive for one guy because my buddy Sean rented a car with his girlfriend already. Like, I wasn't going to join in on that. That's, yeah. So, Blue Jays fandom or, you know, cheapness that uh, that cost me dearly. Yeah, that's I'll a never, long never way to go myself, to not so. get to the event on time. No. Didn't that? Uh, didn't you also have a problem getting home for that trip? That was the uh, bachelor party about a month before. Same oh, guy, okay. uh, also in Toronto, unnamed airline. <laughs> Are they still 20, married? Those 20, people? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Just uh, checking. Hoping to go out in September, actually, but uh, oh, twenty-six hour delay. Oh boy! Oh boy! And uh, no compensation either. Although I tried repeatedly, but yeah, that's another story for another day. Well, that's what you get for going to Toronto, uh, Kelly Moore. <laughs> why don't we start, go to you next? <laughs> well, I don't have anything as illustrious as that. Although back in my days as a Manitoba Moose broadcaster, we had a road trip that involved uh, going through the Minneapolis International Airport not once, not twice, not thrice, but four times on the same road trip. So we got to know the uh, uh, the Minneapolis Airport very, very well. I guess I should call it the Minneapolis-St. Paul airport very very well. msp where they the where, MSP, where, they, where exactly. their goal is to be the best airport in the world and it, it, it you know what? it's pretty good often. yeah I, I i would say so anyway the trip left winnipeg flew to minnesota uh went to cleveland i believe came back to minnesota went to long beach came back to minnesota uh for the oh yeah cleveland to minnesota long beach back to minnesota for the fourth uh tour of duty uh, before returning home to winnipeg so it was an interesting road trip, to say the least. Did you have? Uh, did you come to determine that there was a particular food stand or eatery in that airport that you enjoyed? Yeah, Chili's was usually the favorite spot. Uh, uh, although Chili's. I tried to make four separate trips to duty free, and that didn't work out so well. 
<laughs> All right. Forte, why don't we go to you next, sir? See, I don't get good stories like these guys, but uh, the last time I was in Texas, like going to Texas was easy. Going from uh, Winnipeg to Minneapolis to San Antonio, that was easy. But coming back was kind of a pain. I had to go from San Antonio to Detroit, then to Minneapolis, and then to Winnipeg. Ah! And each flight, uh, each uh, connecting flight was so close together, especially when I was in Minneapolis having to get my flight to Winnipeg. I had to run out of the airplane run through the terminal to my next uh, to my next destination. When I got to the gate for Winnipeg, it's closed. I'm going, oh, I missed it. And like, I'm panting. I had pneumonia when I was coming back from Minneapolis or uh, coming back from Texas. And uh, the gate's closed. I'm going, no, I missed my flight. And I go up to the person working there and I was like, did I miss it? Did I miss it? She's like, no, we haven't even started boarding yet. So I'm looking around. There's everybody around me. Waiting for the flight. I, the flight was delayed a little bit. Didn't know that. But, uh, yeah, luckily I uh, jumped on the plane, got back. But just why, why did I have to go to, to, to Detroit? <laughs> why can't I just go from San Antonio to uh, Minneapolis? Make no sense to yeah, me. Yeah, it's brutal routing. My word. Yeah, and what about you, Mackling? Uh, well, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles to get home for the – we're going to talk about the – the Jets 2023-24 20, season later on this morning. This was to get home for the very last Jets game at Winnipeg Arena, April 28th, 1996. I left Vernon, B.C. at about 6.37 o'clock Friday evening. I took the bus, the Greyhound, through the night, through the mountains to Calgary, then took a taxi cab to the Calgary airport, got on a WestJet flight to Edmonton, spent four hours in Edmonton waiting for my flight to Winnipeg, came home for a social dinner at Earl's, uh, breakfast at Perkins, the Jets game, Pasta La Vista for dinner Sunday night, Air Canada back to Kelowna in time to be back at work uh, five o'clock on Monday. <laughs> And I had to hitchhike from the Kelowna airport to Vernon because I was out of dough. There was no more money in the kitty to get me home. But I made it. And I was at the last game. 204-780-6868. Tell us about your milk run, whether it's travel related or maybe it's just something right here in Winnipeg or in Manitoba, just trying to get from point A to point B. The longest, most indirect route you have had to take for a chance to win Folklorama tickets. We'll pick a winner at 915. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off this week. Richard Cloutier, co-host of the news with Julie Buckingham, weekdays 3 until 6, joins us at 7.35 to talk changes coming to Hydro. At 8.05, Wade Miller joins us to talk some football, big game tomorrow. But we are excited to bring on our next guest right now, Greg, because Skylar Peters is bringing you global news at the top and bottom of the hour this morning because our own Sarah McCarthy is helping to build a house this morning. As is the anchor of Global News Morning and star of our weekly segment, Fridays uh, after the Global News at 9 o'clock, Gab with Gabby. Let's bring on Gabrielle Marchand for a very special Wednesday edition of Gab with Gabby. Good morning, Gabby. How are you? Good, good morning. Happy Wednesday. Happy to be here with you. It's sunny out where I am on Pandora Avenue West. Beautiful. Beautiful day to build a home. You have a pink, you have a pink uh, construction or a safety hat. I do. I said Habitat for Humanity Manitoba, but make it Barbie. I brought my own. As the most extra move in the history of the universe, I brought my own hard hat. I love it. Hank, you, you have a, your own hard hat, and it's pink. Did you buy it specifically for this? 
No, I just found it laying around the office and claimed it. I was like, who does this pink hard hat belong to? And I just took it for my, <laughs> sitting on my desk. So came in handy. I'm happy to be here. It's, uh, it's going to be busy, you guys. I cannot believe how extensive this work site is behind me. And today is actually Global Course Day. So before 8 o'clock, I think about 2025 20, employees that we work with are going to be showing up here, swinging hammers, building a home for a family, families, plural, in need. Yeah, Habitat for Humanity been doing terrific work in this community for several decades already. I can remember the first build when Jimmy Carter and his wife came to Winnipeg. It was back in the 80s or early 90s. So here we are in 2023. How many houses are getting built this year? What can you tell us about this year's build, Gabby? Well, this is their 20th women build. It's something that a lot of women look forward to. They do these build blitz. Bill Blitzes is the second one of the summer. And get this, I have some numbers for you. Over the years, they've raised $1.7 million to the Women Build Project. This year, they're hoping to raise another 150000 And they really can't do it without folks. And we know the amazing work they do at Habitat for Humanity Manitoba. Earlier this morning on our show, I spoke with Thomas Hoffman. He's the Director of Construction for Habitat Humanity Manitoba. And he talked about how it really empowers women. They want to empower the next generation. His adorable daughter, Addie, was here too in her, her little hard hat. She's a cutie. And uh, he said it matters to him as a dad because they want to make sure that women are in trades and, and women feel safe, they feel comfortable, and that they're working together. And in this case, working together for a really good cause. Now, have you ever done anything like this before, Gabby? No, I mean, I did work as a sign girl for the government of Saskatchewan for a couple of summers, but that wasn't really for a, a charitable endeavor. So I have not experienced it, but I've heard incredible things from some of the women at our office. I know that they love to come every year um, and because it's just so meaningful. It's meaningful work when you are doing something physical, there are tangible results, but you also know that some family is going to be ecstatic and they're going to have a safe space at the end of it. I don't know if you've ever been at those key ceremonies when the families actually get the keys to these houses. I've seen them on television, not been present myself. But this whole idea of sweat equity and being a part of uh, your your own build and, and paying it forward and, and paying back in this unique fashion is really... Uh, something that's needed right now because we know what a shortage of affordable housing there is not only in winnipeg but right across the uh, right across the country gabby yeah i think that is such a great point we've heard that these are really tough times for so many people as we continue to see the cost of living go up and if you have time why not give it right of course obviously they need people to give cash donations as well to donate funds but to be able to donate your time and, you know, do some physical labor, feel good at the end of the day. I feel like, you know, on a day like today, you'll be sweating. This will be a workout in the best kind of way. Now, Gabby, one of the things that, uh, that, that I've never participated in one of these because I am not a handy person and I would, I would be scared to, to, to participate in a project that is, it's so important, right? Where you're building a home for families. And, but so is there someone there to, to help, you out like or delegate tasks appropriately based on your skill level oh yeah you're you're not just in this blind so basically they have a number of people including thomas their director of construction who we spoke with you have to have safety training you can't just show up and they don't just give you some equipment and you're not on your own you have to have a hard hat we have on steel toe boots right now they give you this cute little apron and i've been putting my phone and my lip balm in but obviously if i was working i would put a lot more a lot more in it than that and they they give you training so 
I think it's accessible, you know, to, to everybody. They really try to do that. Even if you don't think you're handy, I think a lot of the people who will be here today do not consider themselves handy. But then they teach you, they give you the tools in, in multiple ways, the tools you need to succeed. And, and apparently this is a really hot ticket. Autist groups and, and groups of women really want to do these build blitzes. Um, so they have a, a lot of volunteers who want to get involved. So if somebody's listening and they're thinking, hey, I would love to do that with a group of women from my office, or maybe you want to do it with your big group of friends. Hey, you know, do it to celebrate something, come together. This is something to think about. Put it in the back of your mind right now. We're going to let you go in just a moment and get you down to it. Have you received your assignment yet? Have you re- do you know what tool you're going to be on today, Gabby? No, but uh, our camera guy was making a joke about how I'm going to be driving a backhoe. That obviously won't happen. I don't have a license for that and. I think that would end in disaster. So far, I'm standing and talking, but hoping to do more soon. Gabrielle Marchand is the host of Global News Morning on location today as part of the Women's Build for Habitat for Humanity Manitoba. Gabby, always a pleasure. Have fun today. Delightful. You guys see you later. Thanks. And if you want to learn more about what the Women's Build Program and Habitat for Humanity does, just go to habitat.mb.ca and you can actually learn about the family that is going to benefit from today's project. It's Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off this week. We were asking you about your worst milk runs. But before that, we have, we just talked to Gabrielle Marchand. She's on site today. She's not on the, the anchor desk at Global News Morning. She's on site as part of the Habitat for Humanity Manitoba Women's Build. And Curtis with some experience with Habitat. Yeah, he said he did a Habitat home years ago in St. Boniface. I lost my drill. So two years later, I was invited to uh, a f- to film a, of a build there. I was on film with said drill. I made a comment about it and was um, informed that the drill was in the office <laughs> two years later. <laughs> two years later. Got it back the next day. Awesome oh organization. Goodness. Oh, wow. That's neat, that. Curtis. Good job. And then on the milk run front, we're asking you this because Flair announced a few new direct routes yesterday from Winnipeg to some cool destinations, but we're asking you about your most indirect route. And Don, who has many stories from the road and his travels, says Winnipeg to Calgary, to Los Angeles, to Taipei, to Kuala Lumpur, 21-hour layover in Kuala Lumpur, then to Brisbane. Why this route? The opportunity to fly on my two favorite aircraft, the 747 and the 777. The 777 from Kuala Lumpur to Brisbane was changed to a 747. On the return, it was a 777 from Brisbane to Kuala Lumpur. I had been up partying for 40 hours prior to boarding. Once seated and comfy, I thought, this is awesome. Next thing I remember, a flight attendant was waking me up in Kuala Lumpur 10 hours later. I missed the taxi, missed the takeoff, two meals, eight-hour flight, taxi to terminal, and everyone else deplaning. Well, sounds like you got a really solid eight hours of sleep there, Don. But uh, the idea of, of missing that experience on those uh, luxury jetliners uh, probably disappointing. Yeah, I've never been on. Uh, I haven't. To be fair, I haven't traveled all that much, but I've never been on uh, seven forty-seven. Nor I. I think the biggest I've been on for a Boeing would be a seven sixty-seven, and then your your classic Airbus. What is it? The three twenty. 
the, the tip, you know, like a, the, a kind of kind of typical flight that would take you from Winnipeg to Toronto or Winnipeg to Calgary, that kind of thing. So yeah, it'd be neat to be on one of those big double deckers. That would be cool. And I don't know if I'll ever get there. 204-780-6868, your worst milk run. Tell us a story for a chance to win tickets for Folklorama. We want to make sure you do not have Folklorama FOMO. We want to get you into your favorite pavilion. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off this week. Greg, coming up after Global News at 8 o'clock, we are going to be joined by whom? Wade Miller, president, CEO of the Winnipeg Football Club. It's been some time. I can't actually personally remember a bigger game this early in the season for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Playoff implications in game eight. Uh, The Blue Bombers, of course, would love to host the West Final. It'll be very, very difficult to do that should the BC Lions beat the Blue Bombers for the second time this season tomorrow night at IG Field. So we'll talk to Wade, talk about how ticket sales are going and uh, why not only the financial implications of of hosting the West Final, but also the, uh, you know, the logistics of getting to the Grey Cup without hosting the West Final are interesting as well. All right, so that's coming up at 8.05. But right now we want to talk about Manitoba Hydro, and they're promising to announce today what's called an integrated resource plan. So this is a detailed plan to address supply and demand for energy in Manitoba, or what we need to heat and cool our homes and workplaces and power our vehicles with, and to deal with the demand, which will continue to increase in the years ahead, suggesting we need to do more to conserve energy, 680 CGOBs. Richard Cloutier joins us now. Morning, hey guys, Rich. good morning. Thank you so very much. Today's announcement is really being watched closely by those in the energy industry as an opportunity to map out our future. Right now, for heating and cooling, 55% of what we use is fueled by natural gas, a fossil fuel, if you will. Just under 35% electric. And as we purchase more electric automobiles, we're going to need the power we export to the U.S. and outside the province to meet our own needs. And we still will not have enough. Now, the province hired a Montreal-based consultant to draft a plan for the decades ahead. It's about conservation to make our homes and businesses more energy efficient, about using heat pumps and geothermal to heat and cool our structures and convert more of our sources to wind and solar energy. You hear that hum? Yeah, the hum's a good thing. That's the sound of Sean Harbottle making money. Been in the family since 58. Tucked away behind the cottages, the cabins, and the motel and confectionery opposite Crescent Beach at West Hawk Lake in Whiteshell Provincial Park is the source of that money. Oh, wow. This is impressive. Two sprawling sets of solar panels soaking up the sun. Both face about 60 degrees to the south. Together, it's half a CFL football field worth of juice. So here we're looking at the two different arrays. So each array together combined make 200.2 kilowatts. Enough to power his business and sell surplus to the grid. So we would probably be using from that about 30% of it and then the rest would be going back to the grid on a hot day. So do you get a monthly check? How does that work? So we basically get a credit on our on our hydro bill every month. So we we I haven't seen a bill since uh, end of February was my last bill. And then every month my credit builds, builds and then uh, come January it depletes pretty quickly. So and then, but you know, it, it does carry us right through. You know, I, I get a small bill in December usually, 
a larger bill in January and a larger bill in February, and then nothing the rest of the year. Harbottle got in when government was subsidizing solar and hydro was paying as much for the power as it was selling. New systems are different. They're getting less money than what they should. You know, they're, they're selling it to hydro for less, which I don't think is right. If hydro is charging a certain amount, it should be that same dollar back because of your investment. But even with that being said, if you can cut your hydro bill in, in half or almost completely gone, if you're a three-season business, you, you wouldn't have a bill. Those in the solar industry and generally energy experts that I spoke to agree the pricing needs to change, but a whole lot needs to change if we're to make the shift away from fossil fuels to embrace electricity in a smart way. We're still catching up. So our, our energy system is highly centralized. Uh, and controlled by the Crown Corporation of Manitoba Hydro. Patricia Fitzpatrick is an energy expert. She teaches geography at the University of Winnipeg. A huge portion will be uh, electrifying the transportation system. So having charging stations for personal electrical vehicles, for um, commercial electric vehicles, for shared transportation like buses, things like that. And so that's going to have a, a significant increase in how much electricity we need to generate. We're also interested in transitioning off natural gas and electrifying that portion of our energy system. And so in doing so, we're going to need to really think about um, our supply and demand. And so the integrated resource plan is Manitoba Hydro's first attempt to really think about what our uh, electricity supply will be uh, in 2050 to meet our needs. And Fitzpatrick would like to see the province first empower efficiency Manitoba. That's the Crown Corp trying to get us to conserve energy, to be very aggressive, Greg, on incentives for insulation Uh, and on windows because we lose so much energy from our homes that really could reduce our needs generally. I remember a conversation on your program not long ago about the construction standards and and where we're going with that. What else could be in this plan, Rich? Because last week when the province announced its energy roadmap, there were hints at expanding the use of natural gas. And, And Fitzpatrick and other experts say that that would be a failure to take advantage of Manitoba's biggest resource, and that's electricity. Those in the know say by installing heat pumps, you could save on your energy needs to cool and heat your home. Now, that heat pump extracts heat from the cold uh, outside air and transfers it inside your home. So there's a compressor inside the device that uses electricity to increase the temperature of the heat extracted from the outside air. The heat pump can also provide cooling to be transferred warm indoor air to the outside. So it's a real efficient way of doing it. We need to do more on geothermal, wind, solar, all part of the plan if there's a plan. (laughs) Some industry watchers have told me they wonder if Manitoba Hydro is really prepared for the future or whether today is as meaningful as it should be. Other jurisdictions have developed plans, and this is Hydro's first after being told for years by the overnight oversight organization, the Public Utilities Board, to actually do a plan like this. So just want to go back to Harbottle yeah. at Crescent Beach Cottages in West Hawk. How much did he spend on his solar system? And, and this is a good kind of micro way as to how people can be a part of the future. He's handy, put a lot of his own labor into the project, cost him about $650,000. He originally thought it would take 20 years to pay it back. 
He now says it will pay for itself in about 12 years. I was a skeptic, I'll admit it. Uh, I like two strokes and <laughs> I like my gas. But, uh, you know, we've seen a real advantage to doing this. And as a business decision, it was the smartest decision we've made in quite a while. And so people on the solar side, we've got lots of sunshine, would like to see community solar hubs that would, you know, exchange electricity to the hub and then use the natural gas when we need it, December, January and February. We'll have several guests join us this afternoon on geothermal, heat pump, solar, wind. And the president and CEO of Manitoba Hydro for the first time will join us live following the 4.30 News. I remember when Waverly West was announced, Richard. Mm -hmm. We don't have time to go into the details here, but geothermal was tied directly to that that massive residential development and just never ended up happening. Lost opportunity, Hydro said it would be too expensive to do. Had we done it, it would have been uh, so, so timely into the future. Uh, Expect a flurry of provincial announcements this week as well. Later this morning, Health Sciences Centre, a big, I'm told it's over a billion dollars, a new patient tower because the existing one is about 100 years old. That's about time to Uh, to get on that? 30 to 40 years overdue. So uh, the government has to go dark this week at the end of the week on announcements because we get into the campaign period. So expect a flurry of announcements, but this will be a legacy announcement as far as healthcare is concerned. 680 CJOB's Richard Cloutier, co-host of the news, heard weekdays 3 until 6 alongside Julie Buckingham. Richard, thank you very much for this. Thanks, guys. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off this week. We've got full Clorama tickets to give away, and this morning we're asking you about your worst milk runs, the most indirect route you took to get somewhere, whether it was a travel experience, whether by air or by ground, or maybe just trying to get around the city. Steve, His Majesty, tells us January 3rd, 2014. We were supposed to fly from Winnipeg to Orlando through Chicago, Major blizzard canceled everything in Chicago. We were out of luck. Travel agent worked overtime that day for us, as I requested. We still get to Orlando the same day. After many phone calls and hopes being dashed, we finally found a way. We flew from Winnipeg to Saskatoon, then to Toronto. Finally, we got to Orlando after delays at every step at 11.30 p.m., we started in Winnipeg at 5 a.m. with a six and three year old. When we finally got to Orlando, we discovered the airline lost both oh. car seats for the kids. It was a really, really long day. No kidding. I've seen online they now have these car seats that that are like luggage. So they've got the handle and they've got the wheels in them. Okay. So they suggested people can drop their kids in those, pull their kids around the airport on them, (laughs) and then they can actually use them on the plane. They've been approved for use on an aircraft. So you never have to hand hand them over to the airline and that risk of them losing your car seat. Because to rent the car seats through the car rental company, super expensive. I think it's like 15 or 20 bucks a day per. Oh, geez. Yes. So, uh, so you have two kids like that. That's, that's a ridiculous amount of money. And that adds up fast. That might be one sure of those does. things where you think, ah, 15 bucks. That's not bad. Hey, but there we, for a week. Cause times I, two? I did that with, um, rental with insurance. I had, uh, I had to get my, I think my car needed some body work 
uh, and it was in for like two weeks. So they, they set me up with a loaner through Enterprise, and I just took the insurance through Enterprise, and it was like 15 bucks a day or something, and I wasn't really thinking. I, all I saw was 15. I didn't think about 15 times 14 or however many days it was, and then I get the bill at the end for the insurance, and I think, ah. Oh. And then I felt even dumber afterward because that's when I learned that you can get MPI, MPI insurance, which is pennies compared to what I think it's four was four dollars a day once upon yeah. it might be all the way up to eight dollars now it's ridiculously inexpensive yeah so that uh that, that that it's cool that i didn't know that about travel car seats and wheeling them around like that what does andrea have to say i once flew vancouver to calgary calgary to saskatoon Saskatoon to Regina, Regina to Winnipeg. We then jumped straight into the car and drove to the trailer in Kenora. That was one long day, but it was kind of cool to hit half the provinces in one day. <laughs> Look at that. Sunny side up. I like that. That and But on that other one, too, imagine the idea of having to fly west to then go east or vice versa. Like, let's say, I don't know, you're going to California, but you got to go to Toronto first. Happens. I know. Yeah. That's got to be irritating. No kidding. It's like, uh, uh, hand me a parachute. <laughs> we're, over, <laughs> we're over Winnipeg the first time. I'll, get, I'll jump out and uh, I'll try and stick the landing. Catherine says in 2002, we had a tournament in Honolulu. So in an effort to save money, we found a flight out of Regina to Honolulu through Minneapolis that was significantly cheaper than flying out of Winnipeg. The night before, three teammates and I drove to Regina, stayed with friends, ditched our car with them for the two weeks, got the flight to have it now make a stop in Winnipeg. (laughs) 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 Where other teammates got on (laughs) before continuing the flight to Minneapolis. (laughs) But we still saved over 300 bucks. Oh, jeez. I'm curious to know what kind of tournament. What's, Me what too. Team, What's taking Catherine? you to Honolulu? Can I join? Yeah. Please. No, no kidding. <laughs> I'm bad at whatever it is you're doing, but I want to be a part of that team. <laughs> so tell us about your... <laughs> Tell us about your milk run for a chance to win tickets for Folklorama. And again, it doesn't have to be a travel one, but if it's travel, it could be by air, could be by ground, or maybe you're just trying to get from point A to point B in Winnipeg and you got redirected perhaps right in the middle of this summer because it's construction everywhere. Tell us the story. We'll pick a winner at 915. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off this week. Heads up that at 9.35, we're going to be talking about one of the many big festivals happening this long weekend, Eastlandingadagadin, the Icelandic festival of Manitoba. But that's this weekend. Tomorrow night, it is a huge game for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, their fans, and their hopes to finish first in the CFL West. The first place BC I'm choking on this right now. The first place BC Lions come back to town with a six and one record with an eye, more likely two eyes, squarely focused on locking up the season series with the hometown Blue Bombers. Meanwhile, the Blue and Gold will be 
looking to tie said season series and go to bed tomorrow night tied for first with the Lions in the West Division. Uh, President and CEO of the Winnipeg Football Club, Wade Miller, joins us now. Good morning, Wade. Good morning. So, um, dare I say this is like a playoff game in August? I I can't think of one bigger uh, in August uh, in all the years I've been following the club. Well, this is a big game for August for sure. And, uh, you know, it's going to be loud in there and uh, can't wait till tomorrow night. And, and, you know, that when we take that field and, uh, you know, we need our fans uh, like they've done so many times to be that difference at IG field because it's uh, going to be a a big battle of two uh, great teams in the West. Talking about fans, Banjo Bowl already sold out. That sold out early. Uh, just, you've had some terrific crowds so far this season. So how big is this game tomorrow for the, the business side of things for the club? Well, it's always uh, great to see. You know, we're going to push uh, near 30,000 or over 30,000 like we have for most of the games this summer, which is fantastic. And, and you know, those are great results uh, and definitely help at the end of the year so. Um, more importantly, we want fans to come just have a great time. And it's a pure later tackle hunger game. You're going to be able to see the Grey Cup, uh, you know, in the tailgate area prior, if you like. Come make a bring a tin for the bid or make a donation for your pure later uh, tackle hunger, which is such a great cause. And that money stays locally here um, as well. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, going to be a great night. Um, and just, the weather looks amazing, right? And what else would you want to do than be at IG Field with uh, 30,000 screaming fans? You know, Wade, last week, normally I sit in the press box for the first half, but I had friends in from BC for the game. So I sat and made my notes for the halftime show in the bowl. So I basically sat in in the stadium the entire game. And it was so loud, so entertaining. There's always something going on. I always have a great time, but I had an increased appreciation for the game production uh, on the the night of the last home game. So just just talk about uh, that energy that's being created and that game day production for those that maybe haven't been to a game for a while. Yeah, you know, it's it's um, it's not your uh, bomber game from when I played, that's for sure. Uh, you know, the in-game uh, entertainment is, is is second to none. Our team off the field does a great job uh, each game in, in just changing it up a little bit. And, and it's really the fans that, that bring this energy and have created this unbelievable atmosphere at IG Field. And each week you just go, I don't think you can get any better. And then each week it gets a little better and a little different. You know, the songs that everyone sings along to in the fourth quarter and, you know, everything. It's just, it's phenomenal to see and uh, and to be a part of, right? Um, so Yeah, yeah it, it's great. Wade, I want to interrupt you because our time's always limited with you. But the, the demographic of the fan, that's something when I read about the Canadian Football League, the concern league-wide is, you know, who's going to the games. Do you, do you get blown away by how young the, the fan base has become overall for your club? Uh, well, it's something we've worked on since 2015, 2014, and yes, you're right. It has completely uh, changed, and it is young, and uh, you know, ton of energy. It's almost a uh, 50-50 split between male and female as well, um, and uh, you know, we're bringing in new football fans, and you know, they may come for to see the event, and they end up leaving uh, Blue Bomber fans, and it's just great to see. And you know, when you have an event like we did the game before, where it's wear white. And you've got almost everybody wearing white. 
and now we've, you know, back to the Royals, right? And, you know, it's just, you see those Royal jerseys everywhere in the stadium, and it's uh, something special to see. You know, this week we've got our W Burger card at Section 104, locally produced burger, and it's just an unbelievable burger cart and the w burger i'll put up against most burgers in the city so i'm throwing it down go try that burger at one section 104 well we we got the opportunity to sample that on monday and thank you for that and it was that's basically what i said this is a this is a taste that's a tasty burger so well done on that uh but tomorrow also not just an important game on the field but uh tomorrow you're also taking part in the all-important hate is not welcome here initiative yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, partner with the rest of the professional sports teams in the city and, uh, you know, and make sure that people know that, you know, we, we stand behind uh, uh, the initiative. And it's a great initiative and a, a great uh, grassroots, uh, you know, um, where this came from and started. So I'm definitely happy to support that. So like we did with Valor FC as well. And after this week, this game on Thursday, you can still go to the stadium and go on the monster inflatable as well. So we it's have like you got the notes ahead of time. I, we've got this on here to make sure that oh, Wade pitches yeah. the monster this weekend. I, I did not, but yes, the monster inflatable world's largest inflatable that covers almost the entire football field come to the stadium from uh, Friday to Monday. So busy uh, overnight turn for our staff and, uh, then you'd be able to come and buy tickets for that. And you can walk up and buy tickets if you want and bring the family or come as adults when it's, uh, you know, after eight or seven, it's adults only DJ playing there. It's going to be a great weekend as well on the long weekend to, for an activity in Winnipeg. Are you going to try the monster Wade? Of course I'll be out there first. I got to test it make sure it's good for everybody. Of course. Attaboy. Film at 11. Wade Miller, we appreciate this always. We'll see you around the stadium tomorrow night. Good luck, Wade. This is, like I say, such a huge game, and uh, I know people are are really hyped up for this, and, and it's uh, going to be a, a real battle tomorrow night with BC. But, uh, well, no predictions. I don't make predictions. So I'll just say uh, have a good one and, and best of luck. Thank you. It's going to be great, and, you know, we look forward to just having an unbelievable night. Thanks. Wade Miller, president and CEO of the Winnipeg Football Club. And again, the Big W Burger, the game day food special. Two beef patties, new Bothwell cheddar cheese, caramelized onions, crisp lettuce, ripe tomato slice nestled between a brioche bun. You can get it at Section 130 for $19. It includes free chips. It's an all-local Manitoba-made burger. And by the way, the Tailgate Plaza area opens at 5.30, kickoff 7.30. Great Cup will be on display. That's right. Pure later tackle hunger game, as Wade mentioned. So bring a tin for the bin and then some. If you can do it, if you can manage to to share with everybody, Winnipeg always uh, pulls its weight and then some when it comes to that game. Brioche bun, hey? Always the key, I think, these days. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off this week. Coming up at 9.35, we are going to head to Gimli to focus on one of the many big festivals happening this August long weekend. The Icelandic Festival of Manitoba, Eastlandingadagadin. We'll find out what is happening and we'll learn what it means to continue your saga at the 134th Eastlandingadagadin. But right now, I want to talk some hockey The countdown is on already, 70 days until the Winnipeg Jets open the 2023 
24 season in Calgary versus the Flames. And then three nights later, Brett, Stanley Cup finalist Florida Panthers will be at Canada Life Centre for the 13th home opener in Jets 2.0 history. Christina Litz, Chief Brand and Commercial Officer with True North is with us this morning to tell us about a new way to see the Jets at home. And and Christina, before we jump into that, the, the energy in this community right now when it comes to pro sports, when it comes to events like the Icelandic Festival, Ukrainian Festival, Corn and Apple Festival, Folklorama, all these things post-pandemic, Fringe Festival, over 80,000. You could go on and on about the way Manitoba and Manitobans support Manitoba things. Absolutely. It's been, uh, I mean, that's Winnipeg for you, right? It's it's everybody comes out. Everybody is supporting the community. Uh, we love to get together and, uh, and, and it's great to see, and it's great to see, you know, the sea bears at, at Canada Life Center and that, that building packed for, for that and, and the, 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 the fire police games. Uh, we love it and we're excited for what that means for the, the Winnipeg Jets season to come. You mentioned the Sea Bears. They opened up some sections in the 300 level for Friday's mm-hmm. game. Is Kelly Moore brought to you in our sports at 8:25? But um, before we talk about the 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 ticket packs, Mr. Mackling, you may have noticed there's a bag sitting to your right that Christina has brought in. Why don't you just go ahead and have a look at that because there are some gifts in there that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we don't want uh, uh, any of you, uh, our season ticket members, forgetting about us during the summer. So our our uh, our full season ticket members got a barbecue apron as just a little thank you uh, gift at the beginning of the summer, and oh, then uh, our premium members also got uh, a, a Jets barbecue sauce here. Come on. Uh, yeah. No. Look at that. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And it came with a recipe uh, that uh, Adam Lowry provided for us, a little barbecue recipe. And then I was sharing that there were 50 golden tickets put in uh, the packages that got sent out that got uh, you an invite to a very exclusive season ticket member barbecue with Josh Morrissey and Adam Lowry in September. When you sent those out, did the, the season ticket holders know that these golden tickets would be hidden or was it just like a surprise? Yeah, no, it was a surprise. We all love a surprise and delight and that's what this is about and, and that's what it means to be a season ticket member with us. We we don't take you for granted. Uh, you know, uh, you're all important to us, but these are people who certainly have invested a ton of their resources and time with us and we're so grateful for that. It's just a little sign, you know, there'll be another season ticket member gift and and looking at providing some choice on that gift this year in response to some feedback we had. So, so it's just a little, little think about us during the summer. We're, we're thinking about you and and trying to uh, have a really fun, fun season plan for, for this year. So it's no secret. There's been a shift with regard to attendance at Winnipeg Jets games, there's been a shift. I, you know, I've mentioned to you, I was a nine year season ticket member. I shared my tickets with my best friend in Calgary. <laughs> and so, you know, we would, we would uh, happily pay for our tickets uh, every month, which was a great change from the way things used to be a long time ago, right. To have those different options and you do a great job on, on that part of it. But life for me changed dramatically over the last 13 years. And so even though if I wanted to go to 41 games a year, and trust me, I would if I had the time, but it's just not feasible for me any longer. And and I guess that that is becoming apparent to, to, to the Jets. 
Yeah. Well, and, and so I, I hear you. I have young kids too, and, and life gets in the way of fandom sometimes. So, so we've been trying to do a lot of listening uh, with our, our season ticket member fan advisory council that we had this year with some of the surveying. We're hearing what you're saying, which is people are looking for that flexibility. They're looking for options. So that's what these new game packs that uh, uh, are going on an uh, exclusive pre-sale sign-up today are all about. So so what you get here is the option of four, six, or eight games in a pack, and you have some choice on which which of those games you pick. And that's the first time we've been able to offer something like that. And I can tell you there's some great seats uh, available with this and and great games. You're you're gonna be able to choose a game from the, some of those tier one games that we know sell out. And so you're gonna wanna, you know, you know, those are the Toronto, the Habs, Boston you know, there's there's a new player at Chicago. I can't. Connor, Connor, yeah, I don't know. Bedard, something, something yeah, like I, I saw know. Chicago. <laughs> yeah. I, so saw, I saw maybe Chicago. Curiosity <laughs> on that one. I yeah. don't know. Uh, but and and I know everybody's definitely excited to hear. You know, see some of our our new players this year as well. So 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 we've built in some choice into that pack and flexibility. But you're going to want to sign up for this presale today so you can get in there before these sell out. A lot of people are going to ask the question. There's been tickets available, you know, um, not every game sold out last year. We know that. What is the advantage of making this commitment early? Because I know on game night, sometimes I'll go, ah, maybe I'll take the boys tonight. And sometimes the price point is dramatically different than what I was used to paying as a season ticket holder. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of impact, you know, you know, you can get into industry studies about digital, you know, ticketing and, and secondary markets. Um, but what we did see is still, you know, the when the demand is there and for those big games, we sold out almost before we went on sale for, for the, those whiteout games. And so uh, your only guarantee for the seat you're looking for and and to get into the games that you want is is to buy ahead. Um, otherwise, uh, you're not finding cheap tickets on the secondary market. You're finding extremely expensive tickets on the secondary and market. Never, never mind two or three or four together. Well, that, that's exactly that's exactly the case. And so, you know, you're getting that that comfort of knowing where you're sitting. You're getting the games you want and building around the schedule for for your season. Now, these ticket packs that you're offering, uh, it's not just seats for the games, but it looks like there's you're going to have some some potentially some fun stuff happening before the game. Well, not uh, for I mean, there's always fun stuff happening before the game. And we're excited that this year we're bringing back that pregame party that was so successful uh, last year where you get the six dollar beers in the atrium. Uh, but I think maybe you're hinting at something that uh, that we're working on together because sometimes choice is overwhelming and and people just want it uh, put together for them. And so we're working with you guys right now and uh, to create, uh, which we're going to launch next week, uh, the CJOB Family Fun Zone, trademark uh, owned by Kelly Moore, who came up with that fun name yesterday. And uh, we've got a, we've got a series of five afternoon games, weekend afternoon games, and uh, we're planning to put together some fun uh, pregame activities where maybe the you know fans will get to interact with uh, some popular CGOB 
posts. Like here. Kelly Moore, like as an like example. Kelly Moore, as an example, and uh, and of course, you know, all all the guys that you uh, and and gals that you see on the their pregame show uh, will have you know visits from the mascots, and we're planning some fun things. So more details on that next week, but we uh, wanted to tease that out because. That'll be a really fun section for for CGOB listeners and their families this year uh, with some with some great games. Love it. Uh, some renovations happening at Canada Life Centre as well. One of our listeners, Perry, uh, who's up at Malachi for the summer, wanted to know about the old exchange uh, restaurant. That, yeah. that that whole construct in that end of the arena. Tell us what's going on there. Yeah. So so for those who have had the opportunity to see some of the other arenas uh, and venues in, in North American sports. Uh, you're seeing a lot of uh, different new spaces come together. And so that whole area, the event level, is being turned into a really exciting new concept for our premium uh, guests. So I, I was actually down there uh, a couple weeks ago. It's incredible. It's, it's going to be the coolest spot to hang out uh, before the game. And uh, that, that they're just about done that. So we'll, we'll do a sneak preview uh, of that in a couple of weeks, but we're also doing a massive renovation to the North end, uh, concourse, you know, where the Moxie's was before, uh, going to be a lot more space. And we've got some really exciting new food concepts that, uh, we're going to announce again in the next couple of weeks. I can't give them away yet, but I know, I know Winnipeggers and their food and we, and we want to make sure that we're, uh, providing some new fresh offerings. So lots new, lots new coming this year, always listening and, and trying to, Make sure that when you come to Winnipeg Jets game and and we're we're in the privileged position of receiving your discretionary dollars, we want you to have a good time no matter what happens on the ice. The food offerings will that will be new. Will they be replacing anything, or will they just be in addition to the stuff? Because you, you added a hot dog last year, <laughs> uh, or maybe a I can't remember when if it was two years ago or last year, but I seem to remember it being encased in some sort of deep fried goodness. Will that still be? An oh offering? gosh, I hope so. I know what you, our our hot dogs are the best. Like those jet dogs are the best, and so they're always looking for for new ways. So uh, if 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 it was popular, it will be back. But these are some new ones. We've got. Uh, so I, I just can't say more. You're gonna have to stay tuned. But it's gonna be delicious, and we should probably have a food tasting with you guys to uh, make sure we're. Uh, living up to fans' expectations. Sounds like a tough day at work, Greg. Are you ready? For, are you, you think you can handle it? I'll make it work. I'll make it work. I may even go off my uh, new eating program oh. in order to accommodate There's some healthy this, options this, this hard work. Uh, healthy, schmelthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christina, let's Chief Brandon, Commercial Officer with True North. Thank you very much for the visit. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for the chance. And if you want the link to the pre-sale sign up, just shoot us a text at 204-780-6868. You can find it at NHL.com, but we'll send you the link right now if you want. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off this week. We have some news that could perhaps provide you with some temptation to go to a playoff game on Friday at Canada Life Centre. Mackling, exciting news this morning from the Winnipeg Sea Bears. Yeah, because they haven't uh, been smashing attendance records left, right, and centre all season already. An announcement from 759 this morning. The Winnipeg Sea Bears of the Canadian Elite Basketball League announced Wednesday that due to incredible demand by fans, the team will open the Upper Bowl of Canada Life Centre for the team's playoff game this Friday. David Asper... This has to be pretty exciting for you and your team. 
It sure is. It's, um, you know, I, I like to think that our organization, our team and our staff and all the folks at Canada Life Centre have had something to do with it. But this is um, this is an amazing achievement by uh, Manitobans, actually, because that's who's driving this. So I'm looking at the the map now, and I'm so glad I got I bought tickets at like midnight on Saturday night for Friday's game, and uh, because almost the entire lower level is gone, there's a handful of seats left in the the 200 section, and now four sections open in the 300. Um, so I, yeah, because when I saw the sellout for 82:30 last time, I thought I bet you they can get to. I wonder if they can get to 10,000 on for the playoff game. Is it possible? that there will be more sections open in the upper level? Yeah, well, I guess it's possible. We're going to react to, um, you know, to what the people say and want. Uh, you know, we've been very cautious up to this point, and it is the last game, last time you'll be able to see the Sea Bears event, and it's do or die for the Sea Bears. So if we sell more, we're opening more. I like how you use that word event, David, because that's really what these these games have become. And you've got something special planned for Friday at halftime uh, to make it even more of an event. You've had the ability to host some pregame parties at True North Square. Just talk about the event that the, these games have become. We committed. Uh, it's actually written into the uh, DNA of the CEBL that uh, these this league is about basketball for sure, high-level pro basketball, but it's also about culture and music. And when we launched the team, we made a commitment that we wanted people from all across Manitoba to feel like they belong here with us. Um, and so we've, Jason Smith, uh, you know, has been leading all this and sort of is the major architect of it. And he comes from a background of creating some of the most uh, the best and most inclusive kinds of event programming in Manitoba. And so we've always thought about this as something that starts well before the game and a whole bunch of things happen through the game, including the game. And, um, and I think we've, I think the team's done a great job uh, to deliver. And, and whether we think that or not, the key thing is that Manitobans seem to agree. And, and that's very gratifying. So on Friday, uh, I understand that you're encouraging fans to wear teal. You had the teal T-shirts for the last game. So anybody looking to get their hands on these T-shirts, can they do that ahead of the Like, can I go get one right now or do I have to wait until Friday to buy that shirt? Yeah, I think they're available in Jet stores uh, in in the various locations around Winnipeg. Uh, And, of course, we'll have a good supply at the game. Those, those T-shirts, the word together, comes from something that uh, the team does in the locker room. And I think Teddy Allen was the one who, who initiated it. Win or lose uh, after the game in the locker room, we really have emphasized family and togetherness for our organization. And I think that's extended to the community. And so the word together is, is how we're going. Whatever the, whatever the outcome is, that's, we're going together. David, we had the good fortune to speak with Mike Taylor, uh, head coach in the studio last week, and I asked him about some of the distractions that have been eliminated by your organization and your ability to allow this team to 
not only have fun and produce on the floor, but you seem to have taken a different approach than some other teams in the CEBL. The the group, you're sort of dancing with the one that brung you, so to speak. Talk about that overall philosophy of limiting the distractions for the players and just allowing them to play ball. Well, again, when we were, when we were looking for a general manager and a coach, um, I certainly, you know, I learned I learned a lot about pro sports uh, in my many years with the, the Bombers, for example, and seeing how different leaders work and coaches, um, and uh, including the current regime. And uh, it was very much the kind of uh, culture and ethic that we wanted to have with our team, which is continuity and stability and family and togetherness. And Mike really is a believer in that. It doesn't mean that, you know, you, you may you may have to make adjustments that, you know, for things that are beyond your control. But we've been very fortunate this year that he was able to put together a team and, and stick with it. And uh, and I like that. I, I think it's been I think it's enabled our fans to get to know who our players are. Um, it's built continuity for their practice and their training. And um, and like I say, whatever the outcome, I think we're very, you know, we obviously want to win, but we're very proud that we can say as an organization and it's throughout the organization and it now includes a much, much more extended group to all the staff at Canada Life Centre and all the resources that we've had. We're going together and that's what we're going to stand for. Before we let you go here, David, I'm just looking at the the, the merch lineup that you've gotten. It's already the, 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 the number of choices that you have already is pretty remarkable for an inaugural season. Just wondering if perhaps for next season, might you, uh, perhaps, once you have a, a golf shirt, I'd love to have a teal Sea <laughs> Bears golf shirt. Oh, we have no end of uh, retail strategists providing input to us about what we should have. And uh, I'm, I, I think all of our staff are looking forward to getting some breathing space to, to you know, to have a look and, and and, and, and have a little bit of time to think about it and, and do some proper planning. You have to remember, we didn't even announce this team until the end of November uh, 2022. And it came from nothing, like literally nothing. And we've been learning to swim in a tidal wave. And we're really, and, we, and as I say, we're so overwhelmed and grateful the way Manitobans have responded. But we're also really looking forward to an off like a proper off season where we can um you know have the time to to plan and yes we may have a golf shirt yeah and that's a long way of saying it all right now well, listen you now listen you know let's just remember greg particularly you before we go on friday there's a big thing happening thursday night and i'm i'm so tightly wound for sports this week i don't know i don't even know how to function I mean, the Bombers have BC in a big revenge game. We have to smack them first. I agree with you, David. I've been saying I don't remember a game this important in August, maybe ever. I've been following this team, living and dying with them for close to 48 years now, and I don't remember a game in August being this important. So, yeah, let's uh, let's beat down the Lions Thursday night, and then and then we can uh, take care of, of Edmonton on Friday at Canada Life Centre. This is such a good news story. Uh, thank you for joining us on such short notice, David, and congratulations on the success of the Sea Bears thus far. Thanks, guys. Go Sea Bears. David Asper, owner of the Winnipeg Sea Bears. Once again, the announcement this morning they have opened more seats in the 300 section for Friday's playoff game against the Edmonton Stingers. <laughs> 
It's a big weekend of festivals throughout southern Manitoba, including a real big one in Gimli, the 134th Eastland Dingadagadin. Jenna Baholi is Director of Marketing Communications and Sponsorships for the Icelandic Festival of Manitoba and joins us now live on The Start. Good morning, Jenna. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. First of all, can we just, uh, how did I do on the pronunciation? Give me a grade out of uh, 10. Good, good. I would give you like a solid eight. An eight. Okay. Can you say it for me? Uh, Eastlanding a Doggerin. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I, I, got, I got some work to do, but I was close. You were close. Okay. Were close. So the theme this year is continue your saga. So tell us about that. So each year the president picks a theme that's kind of representative of all of the marketing for festival and, and the creative. And so this year, continue your saga. She chose kind of based on the tradition of um, keeping a family tradition keeping Icelandic culture alive for future generations and preserving our heritage and history. It's an event that people look forward to all summer on the west side of the lake, Jenna. Uh, I've been several times myself. Talk about how important this is for the community of Gimli because it's an opportunity not only necessarily to revisit, but to maybe go to one of the more beautiful communities in our province for the first time. For sure, especially when we have weather like the coming weekend, it's a great time to be in Gimli. Gimli hosts a lot of major festivals already, us being one of them. And so it's really great to see the town full, see everyone supporting local businesses, enjoying the beach, enjoying uh, the local restaurants and bars. So what's new this year? So in terms of new, um, the newest event that we have going on this year is Lucky Stone Farms, which is a traditional Icelandic sheep farm that's out just a little bit outside of the town. And so they're going to be doing petting zoo and tours and talking about how they raise lambs in the tra- uh, traditional Icelandic way and then use a variety of their products, um, like uh, the animal byproducts for wool, um, artisan-type products. So, so that will be our newest event this year. And then we have a lot of returning events. We're kind of back to the, the very full schedule that we were running before uh, the pandemic. Including a special strong guest returning. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yes, we have Magnus for Magnuson returning to host his strongman competition. So that'll be at noon at the Viking statue. And um, he'll be doing a five-hour competition with strongmen from across Canada coming to compete to win a qualifying place in his strongman tournament in Iceland in the fall, which then qualifies them for the World's Strongest Man Tournament. Any idea how much a strongman eats? Um, we hosted a few last year. <laughs> So we upped our hospitality budget accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> no statistics available, just just more than maybe you thought? Just a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. What's this um, Icelandic fashion show? It's been moved to Sunday. Tell us about that as well, if you would. So we moved Icelandic fashion show to Sunday this year because we actually have a very large group of Icelanders coming in. Enrique is a group from Iceland coming in to display traditional dress. So we moved the show to Sunday this year to accommodate. Uh, I think that there must be over two dozen of them. I think maybe upwards of 50 coming to display different costumes and dress from Iceland. And that's a, that's one of the, the flagship events of the, uh, the of the weekend, if I'm understanding correctly. Yes, the fashion it's show? Really, it's become a really important event for us because um, it's an ability to highlight traditional and modern Icelandic dress and kind of keep that part of the cultural alive. And, and we have people that are wearing costumes that are for their Amas and Longyamas and Longy Longyamas and, you know, costumes that are hundreds of years old to ones that they made last year. So it's very cool to see. 
What about food offerings? What would be? Can you give us some examples of what would be considered traditional Icelandic cuisine? Uh, so we have Amma's Kitchen in the park, which will do traditional Icelandic food, and some of that is arguable whether it's traditional Icelandic or new Iceland. So we do rullapelsa, which is like smoked lamb on Icelandic brown bread, um, and then we do ponakukur, which is like uh, almost like a crepe, and then we do vina tarta, which is a very new Iceland thing, not Iceland. And um, that's a layered prune cake. So we have those traditional Icelandic foods available at Emma's Kitchen in the Park in the Culture and Heritage Pavilion, which is also running programs all weekend long, uh, all free programs and talks about Icelandic culture. You can make a Hulda Folk House with your kids. Um, so check out that schedule because there's lots to do there. Okay, so I've often commented about Calgary and how it embraces Stampede and how you really have no choice but to get caught up in this. This is exactly the same in Gimli. And so talk about how the local businesses simply go all out for this event. Yeah, I mean, whether you're Icelandic or Icelandic at heart, everyone's participating and, and getting into the spirit of things, displaying Icelandic flags, Icelandic uh, words all around town. Um, businesses participate in the parade. Everyone's kind of um, here for the weekend celebrating Icelandic culture, whether they are or not. So if anybody's looking to come out, um, is there a special area for parking? The whole town, (laughs) wherever you can find it, (laughs) anywhere you can find it. Um, Because our town, uh, because our festival operates really within the entire town, um, you just find residential parking where you can on the side streets. We encourage people to stay out of the harbor area just because it's so congested. And then same with Gimli Park. But other than that, you won't have too much trouble finding residential parking. You just may have to walk a a few blocks. So I was up in Gimli just a few weeks ago. Brett says, is the Viking still there? I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I stared sort of right at it. It's still there, isn't it? I was. Did you mean the bar or the statue? Yeah, the Viking Inn. Oh, the bar. Come on now. Come on. (laughs) They're both still there. This is important. (laughs) Um, They're both still there. Um, Yeah, so... They, I mean, also in terms of the statue, we built a very beautiful park surrounding it called Viking Park, and that's very cool. You can go learn about the saga of the Icelanders and um, see all the memorial and in uh, in honor of stones. And there's benches facing the water, flower gardens. It's very beautiful. Now, the, as far as the Viking Inn goes, I remember once upon a time going to a couple of the Icelandic festivals, and the the entire parking lot of that hotel was transformed into a huge patio party sort of extending the the bar is that something that's going to happen again i don't know to be honest i don't know if they're still doing that this year whether or not they do the tent party but we do a beer garden which is where i want everyone to come and that's down by the gimli harbor um so we actually run a beer gardens now too uh all outdoor friday saturday sunday and you've also got the viking battles and, of course, we have our Viking reenactors there all weekend long, living like traditional Norsemen. Um, and you can walk through their village. Kids can go do a Viking kitty battle, and then the Vikings have uh, battle, daily battles that you can go watch. That, on top of everything else Gimli has to offer, it's an extraordinary weekend. Uh, a huge, if not wonderful, excuse to, to take the short trip up. Of Gimli. Thanks for this. And we uh, look forward to hearing that you've broken all sorts of uh, records this weekend, Jenna. Can't wait. 
Okay, thank you so much. Hope to see you at the Beer Gardens. Jenna Baholi, Director of Marketing, Communications and Sponsorships for the Icelandic Festival of Manitoba. And we're hoping to get Magnus or Magnuson on 680 CJOB. I know Jim Toth was working on that, so you might hear Magnus on Jim's show this week. But yeah, if you want more information, go to icelandicfestival.com. The events start Friday. The Viking Village opens at 1230 on Friday and events go all the way through until Monday afternoon. So it's a huge, like just this agenda. It's just event after event and art show food vendors. There's a Frizz Knock tournament I see Sunday afternoon at one o'clock, which is a super fun game. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an awesome time. And Gimli, it, it's a great place. I don't, it's one of those places where whenever I'm there, I say this about every town or community I visit, but I wish I would spend more time in that community. Yeah, there's a new Sobeys store. At least it's new to me um, in between visits up in Gimli. Like, they have everything that you need. There's a home hardware there. The restaurants are plentiful. They've got options in terms of accommodation. Like, it's really just this little boom town on the, on the lake, uh, on, the, on the west side of Lake Winnipeg. It's a great place to visit. And, of course... Yes, they have excellent golf. Links at the Lake. Of course. Is a fine, fine golf course. I love playing it. It's got great variety. It's a challenging and super fun course. So uh, if you go there and you stay there, you've cut your drive down to go up to Hecla as well. Yeah. You might as well. Yeah, we've done that. Toulon's not far away. No. There you go. You got your little triad of golf courses to to try out in the interlake, and, I, and I'm sure we're going to get inundated with text. But don't forget. Sandy Hook. There, Sandy Hook. There you go. I've golfed at Sandy Hook a couple of times. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And somewhere in the bottom of the pond, I think it's the third hole at Links at the Lake. <laughs> What's there, Brad? There lies the, uh, the head of uh, a nine iron I once owned. I took I took my tee shot and the head of the club just flew off. It wasn't like I put it there intent like it wasn't like I threw it in there out of rage. It just flew off, likely because I broke it off because I have a, it was a terrible golf swing. But uh, yeah, it it went. I did that. I did that to my very first set of golf clubs from Consumers Distributing. My (laughs) mom bought them for me for Christmas one year, and the first time I used the three wood, I think it was off the tee at number two or number three at Tuxedo. Yeah, yeah, it's deep in the woods somewhere. (laughs) If you unearth that thing, it's mine. Spalding, (laughs) three wood head. I want it back. 